Welcome to Season 3 of Game Design Unboxed on the No Direction Network. Daniel Reynolds talks to tabletop game designers about the games they've made. Together, they unbox how the game went from inspiration to publication. Thank you for joining me, Danielle, for Game Design Unboxed, Inspiration to Publication, Episode 66, Season 3 Finale. Today, I'm joined by Twitch streamer extraordinaire, Benita Carr, who's going to be taking over as host like we do for recapping the season. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know you, Benita, mind telling the audience who you are and like what got you into gaming? Yeah, thank you for having me on, Danielle. So uh, like Danielle mentioned, I am a Twitch streamer. I also run social media for Meister Media and my local game store called Games and Stuff. So you can find me all over the interwebs at Benita underscore K. Um, I got into gaming around 2017. My friend took me to a board game cafe, which actually that one that we've been to together, Danielle, um, in College Park, Maryland. Oh, and nice. I, we, I played Small World and I fell in love with it. Then I played Carcassonne soon after, and then I saw uh, I was watching Supergirl, and they were having a game night, and I was like, "Woo, what game are they playing?" I found out it was Catan, Bach Catan, and so the good. rest is history. <laughs> like I, so Supergirl helped get me into gaming. <laughs> that is amazing. I used to watch the like Supergirl on CW. That's so funny. They did have game <laughs> nights. That was such a like wholesome thing for the super friends to do. Yeah, it was very cute. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, Benita, thank you for taking over as host. I'm excited to do this and be on the other side of the questioning for once. Yes. Are you ready? I mean, I might cry, but I got the tissues ready. Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. Let's go. <laughs> okay. So, Danielle, what are some of the highlights for you from this season? Uh, well, I actually had to look back because, my God, I have done quite a few episodes. But just like starting out the season was great doing it with my tabletop mentorship program mentor, James Hewitt, talking about his game Hellboy. It was pretty epic to start out the season with this incredibly heavy miniatures kind of exploration game. Uh, and just like hearing how a design studio goes about designing from an IP was just really interesting to like kick it off. Yeah, that is pretty interesting. I haven't um, played Hellboy, but I do like the IP. The movie was the movies were fun. Yeah, we talked about one of the newer movies, but that was that was a fun one to like kind of kick off this season. And then like a cool thing about the podcast is a lot of times I meet these designers at conventions, and then I convince them to go on my podcast. And so like Scott Brady, I met him uh, and got him to sign my boop copy before we even realized <laughs> that the two of us are like meant to be friends because like now we're friends and we actually probably chat like every week. But uh, talking to him about hues and cues is also a fun highlight, mostly because I find the party game space so interesting. And when someone creates a game that's very different, that can do larger player counts. But in general, the scoring mechanism he came up with is just so unique and cool. And I really loved it. And that was like a big highlight for me. Um, nice. I don't know. Are you familiar with how they did the scoring? I haven't played Who's in Keys. I've only seen it played. I'm not familiar with the scoring. Okay. I yeah, know how so, to play it, though. Oh, perfect. Yeah. So like when everyone places their guesses on the color, uh, only one person can go. And then eventually you put this kind of cool like cubed fence thing that's made out of chipboard right. down and like whoever's in the very center is going to score the most points and then around there the next most and then the next most is like outside of this like oh, little chipboard okay. square. That is pretty cool. Yeah I thought it was an interesting way to do it. Um, so yeah talking to him about that and like his printer background since that was my background too uh, when I initially got out of college so bonded over it. Uh, awesome. Um, let's see. Gosh, there's so many other cool things. Uh, talking to like Ben Goldman about his game Paint the Roses and his rubber banding effect of like not making the queen 
uh, too evil and too difficult to beat, but also trying to like keep to the co-op nature of you're not going to win 50-50, let's be honest. He even said himself that he might have made it a little too difficult, but we did include in the notes um, how to have some strategies to win that game. But uh, talking about like co-op games was really fun, like even... I was talking about Meeple Party and the co-op nature of you and your roommates building this party out and just like dealing with, oh, we don't want the geeks to be in with like the jocks because the jocks might beat them up or whatever. And just like seeing (laughs) the cuteness of like how you can theme a co-op game and like really work with each other about it. Because just like over the past few seasons, I've had a few co-ops appear like in each season. And I really enjoy the take and the approach that every designer has with it. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was really cool, especially because, like, Meeple Party has it where you can play as just, like, one player, where Ben's game is very much, like, you need two people at least. (laughs) Yeah. So what else did you learn from the designers and um, about how they started to design? Well, uh, most recently, or one of the more recent episodes that I did was talking to Taylor about his very, like, queer history-focused game, which was fascinating because uh, the game Stonewall Uprising, he spent more time on the research than he did on the actual design, which I have found very interesting because me personally as a designer, I haven't really done that before. Like, most designs I've done, I came up with the mechanic or, like, the theme, but I didn't necessarily, like, need to do the research. Because even in her story, content was their own team working on that while I worked on the design. That's very Uh, cool. Yeah. And, oh, gosh, let's see. And, like, some cute stories that kind of came up that always make me smile uh, was, like, in Star Realms, like, learning that this initial game that is now an evergreen started because Rob was trying to help out Darwin get a job because, like, Darwin was looking for a job, going around California and, like, the whole coast out there, just kind of bopping around, and he wanted something to show them, and so came up with Star Realms, and Rob was like, I want to help my friend out. I'm going to help him develop this and make it look good as, like, a resume Uh, booster and then the two of them are just like well wait actually this is kind of like a phenomenal game idea like we should just start a company on this oh I didn't know that that's so cool I love Star Realms I know you do it's so funny because like even the app came out of like a friendship like Darwin's friends like hey I design apps like I would make you an app for this game I used to be a fan of like all these other deck builders and like trading card games oh yeah that Star Realms app I have sunk so many hours like I have played it thousands upon thousands of time such a good app (laughs) i'm so happy you said that just because like even in the episode they're like yeah it's insane like on a game that you own it's hard to get it to the table multiple times let alone that many times yeah no like this game is like perfect for the app for like the app space (laughs) yeah i mean i don't play a ton of apps but when i do it's normally like an airport or on a plane and i know i overplay the sagrada app but i did download uh star realms because actually you benita so yeah i look forward (laughs) to playing that more uh no but i downloaded it (laughs) (laughs) that's half the battle half the battle (laughs) yeah i mean i played the physical game so i think that should score me points (laughs) nice yeah but I just thought that was so cute that it was like a friendship that did that and then like hearing Michael Gugliano talk about meeting his design idol Richard and then showing him a prototype of this game that was originally Marvel based but then ended up becoming the Batman the Animated City uh, series 
Gotham City Under Siege game, which is so cool. Just like the idea that like if I came up to someone like Elizabeth and was like, hey, can I show you this thing? Like, I don't really know you, but I'm a fan of you. And then her be like, I want to work on this with you. Like just something (laughs) like that is so cool. Yeah. Uh, I just I love our industry and how friendly people are and how approachable people are to give like their own advice. And uh, it's so nice. Uh, So what else did you learn? I guess like an interesting thing that I found was when talking to Chris O'Neill about just like RPGs and him creating a whole system. So instead of like using D&D system, he was like, no, I'm going to work on my own and creating the polymorph system that mazes his game as well as so many other role-playing games at ninth level games was like kind of based around. That was a really interesting episode for like anyone who's interested in designing RPGs or creating their own system or just like interested in seeing like how Chris took a very math heavy system like D and D's and kind of taking what he found to be fun, the better parts of it and kind of pushing more into the improviness of uh, role-playing games. Cause I know personally me, I'm not a huge fan of the mathiness of them. Like Benita, do you play role-playing games? I've played a one shots occasionally. Um, and I enjoy them, but board games have my heart. <laughs> That's totally fair. And is that cause of like time or just like the commitment of having the same people all the time? Or is it, do you like the mathiness of them? Mathiness of board games? No, just the mathiness of an RPG, just like needing to roll and add and subtract depending on like what your classes are and all that oh, stuff. Yeah, that's never really bothered me. I think it's more the fact that I just enjoy board games more. And like, especially if you have like a long campaign, I just don't have time in my life to like meet up like once a week to play the same RPG. Like one, there's like so many other games to be played. <laughs> I feel the exact same way. I would always prefer to play something new, which is probably not great because I cannot teach most games because I've played most games only once, maybe twice. Like even <laughs> in my own apartment, I, I know for certain you can't point at something and I'd be able to play it unless it's like tiny towns or abandoned all artichokes or something yeah. that I've played a lot of times because people tend to point at it because of the artwork. It is very cute. So what are you looking forward to for the next season? Uh, well, to kick off the season, our mutual friend, Julie Ahern, is actually going to be starting it out and actually starting with a super sensitive subject that has not been explored yet in any of my episodes. So I'm excited. Uh, she will be discussing how to approach credit when it comes to a game design. And when I mean that, it's kind of just like, at what point are you the developer? When are you a co-designer? When are you the primary designer? And like... How does that conversation go, especially because the episode she's going to be talking about is around a game that was an initial game. And then she kind of started working on like the idea of a sequel because the original designers weren't able to come up with something that was publishable. And so just like listen to that episode, listen to her talk about how she went about taking over someone else's design and having that discussion of like where design credits or development credits should go. So I think that's a great way to kind of start out the season. And then I also have a ton of other really talented designers. Uh, But yeah, I don't know. I'm excited to see what appears next season. I'm hoping to continue to do as many diverse designers, both new and old, some with like their first time designs, some that self-published, some that pitched, try to keep 
things interesting and random because I like doing that. I will say I want to try to have a few more heavy games because I do tend to have a lot of party games, which is fine. And I love and I love those light strategy games, <laughs> but trying to balance it out better because I know we yeah. have people like you that love your heavy games. I do. I do love my heavy games. Okay, yeah. so since the beginning of the third season, which was recorded back in September, how has your career in the industry changed? Oh, that's been just crazy honestly just yeah I feel like so much has changed just in the past few months for me as yeah. far as like my career and you've you've been there to hear my rants yeah. and <laughs> yeah watch me go from like oh crap I need to reevaluate everything to like oh my god literally some good news is happening every freaking day to me uh but I guess for anyone who listened to the star realms episode you know that I am going to be going and moving from Underdog Games over to Wise Wizard Games to work as their project manager. And what I'll be doing there is like some game development, art direction, manufacturing coordination. And the great thing is they're also going to let me continue to do designing on the side. Uh, of course, we have like the whole right of first refusal. So I'll still be making my own games, but I'll be helping with their new games and their new line of games that are to anyone who's like super familiar with the games that they normally make are actually quite different. So it'll be fun to like be in charge of a new wave of themes and mechanics that have yet to be explored by wise wizard. And it's cool that I get to like work on that and that I can balance out their team's very math heavy designers with my very much like feeling heavy design style. Um, yeah, so I got that going. I'll be continuing on this podcast. I also will be working on a project with Something Scary, which is a YouTube channel slash podcast. Have you ever heard of them before? I have not. What is that? So for anyone who likes scary stories, I would highly recommend checking them out. And it's funny because I actually, I hate horror movies. I'm not a big fan. Yeah, I only like too. some of the classics. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. So like, it was kind of an interesting choice for me to be the person in charge of this. But I did, I used to like the scary stories that you would tell like around a campfire. And that is more the kind of stories that they do. But their YouTube channel is someone kind of reading this story out loud and then there's little animations and then they kind of brought it over to a podcast format. But I mean, they have like over a million subscribers to this. It's huge. Oh my God. Yeah. People just freaking love it. And so they'd reached out and I will be working with them to create a game. I'm not sure what game they're going to choose because for anyone who's ever been hired to create a game based off an IP, uh, the process of it is I get told what the IP is, kind of the direction. <laughs> I know, right? Surprising. Yeah. <laughs> um, kind of, I like talk about like the design goals, like the price that they're looking for, the kind of mechanics they might be interested in. And for this one in general, it's fascinating because I have two partners with it. And one is a gamer or more recently has become a gamer. He did RPGs before, but now he's just kind of like buying everything that's horror themed which is there's not a ton of those like i don't know benita what would you suggest if someone was interested in like a scary board game a scary board game that is not my niche or wheelhouse so like i need to like ponder this question because i don't know i mean like maybe like something that involves zombies like maybe like zombicide games like that could be scary yeah. And like or like games that have like aliens maybe like Nemesis, like Nemesis Lockdown or like things like that. I I think that's like the scariest I can think of. Like 
yeah, I'm not really sure. I know it's so hard. Like I've even researched like the top 10 lists and most times it's something that's like IP based stuff, like a horror movie Yeah, or like Horrified's got the uh, movie monsters from Universal Studios yeah, in the I initial game. I think Horrified is like actually scary. <laughs> I don't either, but my friend Amanda is a scaredy cat and refuses to play the game, even though I got them into co-op games thanks to Meeple Party. But she's like, I'm not playing this. I was like, it's not scary. And she's like, I'm not playing this. <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's it's interesting. So working with these two, uh, I'm coming up with concepts with different mechanics, whether it's going to be a party game, which will I tell you right now, trying to make a party game about an IP where literally every scary story, there is no happy ending. And I don't know if there's laughable moments when it comes to like murder and decapitation and just like creepy neighbors, but uh, maybe I'll have to find the humor in it. I don't know. It depends what concept <laughs> we'll choose. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of a fun thing that I'll be working on. And then just like in the past season, I've had a few games released, like everyone knew uh, Her Story and then Versus, Watch Mojo, uh, fun or a super fan top 10 party game I'll release. But then I have two games coming out this year in 2023 with underdog games while I've been working for them. And that's going to be Secret Clue, Animals, and Scavenger Hunt, Creature Features, as well as maybe one more coming out next year. Uh, and they will be in partnership with a cool IP that will eventually be announced. Uh, but yeah, but Benita, I mean, you got to play test that uh, Secret Clue and also her story and have credits in it. So like, I'll send you a game. I did. Yeah, I like... Playtest a secret uh, clue. I think it was like on a train from like Germany to Belgium. <laughs> yes, you did. It's so funny. I actually, you and then two other people have credits in that game that I playtested with in Europe on trains. So clearly <laughs> it's a train friendly game. <laughs> it's a train friendly game. So what kind of games are you planning to work on in the future, Danielle? Uh, well, besides the one that I mentioned, I also have a few contracts that most likely will get signed. And when they do, I will make sure to announce them. But uh, I'm just trying to hopefully continue to explore different mechanics, different themes, work with more co-designers. This year, that's been a push for me. I'm co-designing with Michael Gugliano, with Daryl Andrews with um tam and just a few other uh people so kind of hoping to try to do a lot with the amount of free time i have which as we know is not a lot but i pack it real well you do you do okay so will you be at any conventions in the future yeah i i know i'll be at gen con with wise wizard games and then most likely i'll be at q's con which is like in syracuse new york for anyone who's never been to that little convention that michael puts on and i'm sure i'll be at some other ones i'm really hoping to go back to s in germany for spiel again because that was super fun to go there with you and like do our exploring yeah that was great okay so then how can someone support the podcast and you as a designer well, they can rate this podcast because no one rates this. It currently does have a good rating because there's so few ratings. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you to the few that decided to rate it and rate it positively. Um, yeah, so you can do that. Uh, share it with your friends. Come up to me at a convention. Just like I like to hear feedback if there's like questions that you wish I'd asked or a format you want me to change to, like I'm only going to get better from people telling me what they want to hear. Uh, or if you're like a designer or a publisher, reach out and be like, hey, I want to be on your show. Or like, hey, I know someone who should be on your show. 
because like I said, I want to continue to add uh, new faces to my podcast and just keep going forward with it. And personally, like you can follow me on my Instagram and my Twitter. They're both under Token Gamer. And that's like G-A-Y-M-E-R for the gamer part because I'm punny. <laughs> Amazing. Yes. But yeah, honestly, just like I've very much enjoyed continuing this podcast. It's a labor of love. I do not make any money off of it. I should probably learn to do that. That'll be a goal for maybe this season. Uh, probably. <laughs> I don't know. I'm really bad at selling out. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this has been like a great time. And I'm excited to see like who else appears on this podcast. I'm also excited to see if anyone else wins any awards since now I'm up to two designers who've won huge awards after being on my show. So Oh, yeah. It's because they're on your show. That's why they won. Well, thank you. I mean, I'm glad you picked up on it. (laughs) Yeah, of course. (laughs) Well, yeah. Vanita, are you going to be at any conventions in the future that I'll be seeing you? I will be at Gen Con and I will be at PAX Unplugged. I am waffling um, about Essen, but definitely Gen Con and PAX Unplugged. Sweet. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm sure I'll be at PAX Unplugged. That's like driving distance for me. But yeah, yeah, I'm very I'm excited. thinking about going to BGGCon in November, but we will see. I've actually never been to that one. Like what would be me the either. perk of going? Oh, well, okay. So you're the wrong person to ask. Yeah. Well, the reason I would go is just they, they get all the games from Essen um, and then people actually play them because like, as you know, I barely play games at conventions because I'm usually so busy working. So Going to BGGCon would not be work. It would be for vacation yeah. <laughs> to play board games. <laughs> Honestly, I feel the same way. I feel so bad because I've already had people reaching out to me about these conventions coming up. And they're just like, let's play a game. Let's get a meal. And it's like, I am a person that if I confirm I'm going to see you and do a thing, like I'm showing up. The only way I'm not showing up is emergency or like illness, which I don't get sick often and thankfully not too many emergencies happen in my life. So if I'm going to like confirm, I'm going to show up, but I can't confirm because I don't know what my work schedule will be like for some of these and just hopefully, yeah. hopefully I get to play at least a game at Gen Con. Yeah. Is the goal. It's probably going to be a party game late at night with you at like three in the morning, but you know. <laughs> probably. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like party games are fun. I like them. Uh, I just, you know, we were at a convention a few weeks ago, like, and that was great because I got to play not only party games. <laughs> My God, I'm so envious of you. Yeah, because I feel like when we were together, I was just like zooming around, networking, and like pitching upon pitching, which I'm excited for because it did end up with some contracts yeah. and leads. So I'm not mad. But also, I, I had serious FOMO just, like, watching you guys. And I was like, oh, I want to play that. I did get to play that Marvel comic book game, though, that you guys were playing. Yeah. So that Comic Hunters was good. Yeah, I definitely prioritized playing games versus work. Because I'm just like, I deserve this. <laughs> I yes, deserve you do. to play. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, that's been amazing. Just... Well, okay. So I guess another thing I should mention is for anyone who's a fan of like heavier games, I actually have been playing games with heavy cardboard. I met them over New Year's Eve and just like immediately bonded with them. They live like an hour and a half from me in Boston. So I drive up almost every Saturday that I'm in town, but I will be on their stream a lot more. So that's kind of an exciting thing because 
I know personally, I hate the stereotype of women not being able to play heavy games, which is ridiculous because Benita whoops my butt constantly at them. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kind of glad I don't track my stats because I'm not sure how many times I've actually beat you at anything. Uh, I play a lot of games. (laughs) That's fair. It's good. You keep my ego in check. I can't be too good at anything. It's what I'm here for. It's what I'm here for. for. Amazing. It's so good. Oh, man. And yeah, and anyone who enjoys like watching people play games on Twitch, I highly recommend Benita. I know I shoot over to your Twitch anytime I like finish up a late night meeting. I pop in for a little bit to say, hey, (laughs) thanks. (laughs) Yeah, you're fun. I think we need to support people like you and just... I don't know, others in our industry, especially females, because there's not a ton. I felt terrible. Yeah. I was on a Twitch stream and got asked, like, who should you support? And I immediately was like, uh, uh, blank, blank. And I, like, spewed a few things. And it's so hard. Like, Benita, you personally, like, who do you collaborate with that you think that people should look out for and promote? Um, if we're just talking about in the board game Twitch space, because that's what I'm most familiar with, um, sure. I collaborate a lot with um, Amanda Panda, um, who, and I also collaborate a lot with uh, Casey, aka Brian Najar, um, also Game Enthuse, or his name is Aaron. So it's like, do I say their handle or do we say their real name? I would say like both <laughs> of them is good because then they can yeah. get followed. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so those are three. So, Game Enthuse also has a podcast about like board games and stuff, but he just is a frequent Twitch like guest star because he's just like he and he like lives in Maryland and it's just like he has a really dry sense of humor and it's great. So, yeah, you can find the three of them constantly on my Twitch channel or I'm on theirs. Awesome. Well, that's good. Uh, how do you choose who to collaborate with? Are you free at this day? <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. You heard it here. If you want to collaborate with Benita, it literally is. If your schedule is open, she will say yes. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, I'm very lucky that I get to work with a lot of publishers on a lot of cool games. And sometimes I have people reach out who want to come on my channel. Sometimes I reach out because I'm like, hey, you're cool. We should play a game together. And, you know, just because of what we do and like how like everyone is so spread out like streaming is one way to like play games with people. Um, and yeah, so like if you, if you're hearing this and you want to come and hang out on my stream, let me know. Yeah. It's fun. I've done it. I've also, yeah. actually, wait, have I done, I know I've done it in person with you in your, uh, studio space, but have yes. I actually done it online with you? I don't, I don't think so. I think uh, you yeah. just done it in person. We played Oros from Lucky Duck Games. Which was really funny because I actually met the designer of it when I was at Gamma and I was like, oh, Hey, really? if you want to be on the podcast, I've actually played your game on a live stream. <laughs> and he was just like, Oh, a live stream. I'm sure that went well. And I was like, it was entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> We definitely had a fun cat uh, popping in and out. Your little Kai. That's so cute. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, awesome. Benita, thank you for kind of taking over as host and laughing with me. I always enjoy laughing with you. Yeah. Thank you for having me on. It was a lot of fun. Well, all right. We'll wrap it up. So thanks for everyone who joined me for all of the third season and for this little recap episode. Um, So yeah, thanks for joining us for Game Design Unboxed, Inspiration to Publication episode 66 season finale uh yeah and thanks benita where can anyone who's trying to follow you online or follow your twitch find you 
Uh, I am Benita underscore K. That is B-E-N-E-E-T-A underscore K on every platform. I'm very happy I got lucky with that. Um, I stream board games Mondays and Wednesdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. I have a lot of cool games lined up for this summer. So if you like board games and like high energy entertainment, that's where I'll be. It's so true. You're way too awake at those hours. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, lots of coffee. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And I'm normally your host, Danielle Reynolds. And if you're trying to find me, like I'd mentioned before, you can find me as token gamer g-a-y-m-e-r on instagram and twitter and fun sadly enough so unlike you i tried to get that for twitch but it was already taken so for me it's like token gamer plus i added a 13 so token gamer 13 so if you see me on twitch that's what it is now close enough (laughs) yeah close enough almost there it's my favorite number plus what i like to be called so yeah thanks again benita Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you for joining Danielle for another episode of Game Design Unboxed, inspiration to publication. If you'd like to hear more great gaming podcasts, check out nodirectionpodcast.com. Join us next time.